best stuff. Welcome to episode 199 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason, and this is the show where we get to know the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And on today's show, I talked to KJ Delantonia, who wrote a book all about being a happier parent. The book's actually called How to Be a Happier Parent, Raising a Family, Having a Life, and Loving Almost Every Minute. And I think if you've listened to this podcast before and you've heard me talk to some of our our guests who are experts in parenting, I'm pretty transparent. I'm pretty honest about where I'm at as a parent. I'm pretty honest about my struggles and my challenges. And, and part of that is wanting to be a happier parent. So I was thrilled to have the time with KJ to learn from her and to hear what she has to say. And parents, I think you're going to appreciate all that KJ shares. So check her out and then check out her book and then check out the past episodes of the good stuff kids podcast 199 plus several bonus episodes plus some good stuff sports episodes because we're close to 200 and 200 feels monumental 200 dollars would be great 200 episodes of the good stuff kids podcast would be even better right right well i guess we'll find out next week when episode 200 drops That's how you say it in the biz. It drops. Okay, but let's focus here right now on being a happier parent because I need it. You need it. We all need it. Here is my conversation with KJ Delantonia. This is David and Seth from Animal Farm Chicago. You're listening to Good Stuff Kids Podcast. It's a great honor and privilege and pleasure to welcome KJ Della Antonia to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you today? I'm great, thanks, and it's so fun to be here. Oh well, I hope and I hope it continues to be fun. That's the goal. <laughs> um, so let's let's set the stage. We it's uh it's Monday morning. I think we're both feeling feeling a little Monday ish. And it's uh, very Monday it's here. Very Monday. So like, what what ma- So where are you, and what makes it pretty Monday for you right now? I live in Lyme, New Hampshire with my husband and our four kids. My husband left town at 5.45 this morning for a work obligation. Um, I got one kid home with a concussion, another one that I dropped off and then picked up two hours later because his stomach hurts. <laughs> uh, dropped the third off late because I normally she rides with the one that has the concussion and that was unexpected. Um and not that the, I mean, I knew he had the concussion, but I wasn't sure if he was <laughs> right. going to go to, yeah, this concussion right, right. didn't happen today. Sure. And then the the remaining one had an orthodontist appointment, which I very wisely conceded yesterday was going to be impossible for me and um, frantically called my babysitter and said, can you tell? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's been a day already and that doesn't even get into the farm or anything else that I've also <laughs> been dealing with. There, there is a lot going on, and I think that um, you are uniquely situated to be able to handle all of these things that you're talking about. First of all, I hope that everyone's okay with the concussion. I know these are like serious, big deals and stomach. It's issues. not okay. It's not okay. So if um, if anyone you know if you need to go take care of someone, by all means, as a parent, <laughs> I get that totally. That comes first. Um, so 
the reason why I say you're uniquely positioned to handle this is because you got you got a real a real read, like uh, pun intended, on on what it means to be a happy parent. You read you wrote the book on being a happy parent. It's called How to Be a Happier Parent: Raising a Family, Having a Life, and Loving Almost Every Minute. So. But there's more to it than that. Like this goes deep. This goes back. Like there's a wealth of stuff in your background that that sort of led you to this point. So can you give us a little bit of your background and then we'll get into some of the stuff from the book? Sure. Uh, my 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 biggest claim to fame as a parenting journalist was to edit. I edited and was the lead writer for the mother column in the New York Times for five years um, and you know was part of its shift into well family which is sort of where, where the Times is now although they're also working on some new family journalism that I'm excited about on their behalf although I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm pretty much out of of that day to day which is a great place to be actually <laughs> yeah. um, before that I was with slate doing something fairly similar and for this book I just really I needed this book. I have um, four fantastic kids and a, a great life here, but I also had a you know a full time job and and this overwhelming sense that I think we all share of of general franticness of so much going on of feeling constantly bombarded and in the middle and like I was running a race that I couldn't win and I just. I basically set out to talk to every happy parent and every expert I could come up with to figure out why I just wasn't enjoying this life that I wanted so much and created. And that is what the book is. It is not a memoir of why I am so happy. <laughs> Although I, it, did, it did change my life. I'm much happier having learned about it and written it. Um, but yeah, what it is is a really thoroughly researched look at why... So what I found is that most of us are pretty happy about parts of our lives. So what could we learn from the people who felt pretty happy in areas that we find challenging and then, you know, apply? Mm -hmm. And also, hey, take a minute and pat yourself on the back for that thing that is actually everybody's got some bit that's going okay. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. And we don't but we don't pay any attention to that. We're just like, no, but <laughs> I'm not making gingerbread castles with my children <laughs> for the holiday. Um so yeah. Got it. So I mean the it, it's fascinating and, and like the honesty with which you named it, I think is really important. You know, because I was gonna say to you, like, why is what is was it always like this for parents, right? Like you, you said general franticness, and I feel that too. You know, getting kids where they need to be, doing what we need to do, trying to take care of my like. But it doesn't like I try, and there's like this weird disconnect I feel, and maybe you'll have some some insight on this. Like I, I like look at my parents, and they never seem to be like frantic. You know, they never seem to be like about to burst with the stuff that they need to do. Is this a generational thing? Do you do you think that there are way more people feeling like you and I are feeling than than we actually know about? I do think it's a generational thing um, that that encompasses. I would say pretty much any. There's there's three generations parenting right now. Um, so or actually four really because uh, I think you still get some boomers that are are more into it than um, than than you'd think. Just so so there's a lot of people. A lot of generations on the parenting front right now, but in terms of just where we are as a society and as a culture, um, we're at 
we're at a moment of having a lot. Uh, and, right. and, and that is both good and, and bad. Um, you know, in, in some ways we're, well, in a lot of ways, we are, are better off as a culture. Um, Western society is better off, really, human society is better off than we've ever been. We live longer, more, more of us have more food, more of us lead peaceful lives, um, you know, more of us talk about valuing equality and, and peace and um, sort of, I, I feel like there, there are some other statistics that I'm yeah, missing sure. there, but over, overall, even though a lot of us aren't feeling it right now, and I, I get that. Um, overall, we're in we're in a really great space, but we are also in this. I mean, abundance can be weirdly stressful, mm-hmm. and what we have is an abundance of information, an abundance of arguable opportunity, an abundance of possibility, an abundance of stuff. Definitely, but what we don't have is an abundance of security or an abundance of help or an abundance of, um, you know, uh, feeling safe in our, even though we probably should, because we're actually all, all really very, very safe right now. So basically, we, we've got, I don't know, we're, we've got a lot coming at us from a lot of different directions that our parents and our grandparents did not. We've also got kids who are in a situation that looks very familiar to us. It looks like, you know, their, their schooling looks like our schooling. And that was not really true for most of our parents. I mean, unless you are from a fairly wealthy background, it's likely that your grandparents might not have even finished high school. Um, your mother was probably not expected to excel in difficult classes. I mean, it depends on where you lived and, and who your families were. But if you look at the country overall, those things changed for us as kids. Um, you know, women were expected to do much the same thing as, or young girls expected to do much the same thing as boys. Sports opportunities changed, college opportunities changed. But for us, when we look at our kids, we think we see something very similar. But really, there are, there are also differences, and and I guess so. Then we sort of find that scary. So I feel like our parents and our grandparents were able to look at us as students. Or, you know, our, our grandparents looking at our parents and say, well, that's that's really cool, but that's their boat. Like, that's that's something different. It's not something I did. I'm, I'm glad you're doing it, but it's your job to, you know, to figure out how to do it because I don't really necessarily have an answer for that. Or if I do, um, it's not sort of based on experience and expectations. It's more, it, you know, it's more of maybe a, an immigrant pressure or something yeah. like that. It was just It was just different. You know, we look at it and see kids that ought to be able to do pretty much what we did, which in many of our cases was to march very nicely up a, a organized climb towards the, um, you know, the corporate ladder and then hop right into various, you know, lawyer or doctor or journalist. Or, and of course, <laughs> those jobs are different. Those jobs have changed. That ladder's not really there for our kids. And then, you know, we've got this massive change in screens. So a lot has changed, but it doesn't necessarily look like it's right. changed. And I think we find that really stressful. Yeah. I do. I, for sure. And I think that something about the idea of expectations, I think, is is interesting. You know, like I'll use my family's experience like my my I've worked really hard to to change the to change expectations. Right. Like if, if I'm going to give my kids like a, a Lego set, for example, like I can't expect that they're going to 
followed every single like drawing outline thing that to make it look like it looks on the box and it's hard to let go of that right like it's hard right. to, it's hard it's hard as a person who wants to like follow this and make it look like it and like keep that beautiful star wars lego thing in one piece it's it's hard to to sort of be understanding and like not be like a little upset when the kids like well I just want to like smash this now um, and I think that yeah. uh, I think that's a major lesson uh, I think that I learned for parents so it's interesting to hear you you talk about that in this sort of like wider ranging thing um, you you're what what was the like the research period so like let's get into the book now like you yeah. did a ton of research and it's so interesting and it's so fascinating and I think you capture a lot of like what's happening now in terms of like taking all of these different books and all these different thoughts and all these different things you know like uh, all joy and no fun um, and I was really interested in the uh, hardwiring happiness by Rick oh by yeah Rick. that's a that's fascinating it's a great book and he was a great resource yeah so so, so what was the uh, the information gathering stage of this book like for you <laughs> well it was kind of interesting because in in a sense I, I I had been gathering information for it you know for, for I've been writing in this field for for 10 years and not writing about, you know, my personal experiences as a parent, but writing about um, the policy implications of various government choices for different families at different levels, uh, you know, writing about state, the way the states were evolving in their policy choices, writing about things like um, census questions, you know, I, I, I actually have not looked at what the new one will say, but the last couple of censuses only counted mother care as parent care. If mm. fathers were during the caregiving, the census counted that as babysitting. Really? Yes. So, huh. you know, it's just, I haven't okay. looked at this one, um, but that's just, they were like, and I actually talked to them about that and they were like, well, we needed just, you know, to make a decision. So, because we wanted to look at how much time children spent outside the care of the primary parent so we designated the primary parent as the mother i mean if, if there was no mother in the family then they were then they allowed that to you know the primary caregiver could be someone else but otherwise the primary caregiver was the mother it was that was a frustrating piece of yeah piece uh, of journalistic research yeah, anyway I'll say so yeah. so I'd, I'd been there for for a while and what i did was to pull together um you know, the pieces on happiness and the pieces on what we could do. What I really wanted was a book that would help, well, basically me, you know, because <laughs> me, uh -huh. I know, all of us, here we are, and I think we're working to change things societally and, and politically. And, you know, there are things that we would like to be different on. And this is not a, it's not a political commentary. I think most of us would like to see more support for families. It's just that we tend to define that differently. And that's, that's fine. But we're working for that. Great. Yay. Not going to help me. Probably not going to help you. I mean, realistically, you know, they could, they could, uh, you know, everyone could grant massive amounts of parental leave right now. I'm not having another baby, please. <laughs> That's not going to help. So what could, what could we do, we who are parenting right now in this moment, in this um, atmosphere to make, to help ourselves? Um, as well, you know, while we work to help others and to sort of help what's happening overall. So that's really where I was coming from. Mm -hmm. And then I went out and tried to find parents who were 
who were happier, who, who felt good about things. The way that academics measure parental happiness is often to look at whether or not we feel effective, whether we feel like we're pretty good at this thing. So I worked with an academic at Fordham University, and we put together a study of basically a thousand parents, I think it's 987 or something like that, where we asked them, you know, things to get at whether or not they were feeling the academic measure of happiness and satisfaction, and then tried to figure out, well, okay, what are you doing differently? Are you, you know, do you help your kids with your homework? Do you let them do their homework yourselves? Do you make the dinner that your kids want, or do you make the dinner that you want? What do you, you know, what do you, what do you actually doing that is different than, than the rest of us? Huh. So that that's so so wide ranging and so fascinating and like you know there's so you you touch on all of these hot button issues and by hot button I mean things that parents think about and by parents think about I mean I think about right like well, so there, yeah. there's like <laughs> there's the the issue of food and what do you do about food when you have a picky eater there's there's screen time which is stuff that you get in in the book there's there's um you know sibling stuff right like was there so. And these are all things that, that parents deal with all the time. But but maybe I want to just ask one question before we get into some of the more like detail kinds of things is when you were doing your research, was there anything that you heard from a parent or a researcher where you were just like, okay, that like that, now we are in the stratosphere. This makes zero sense that you're doing this. Like something that surprised me where yeah, I was just yeah. like, oh, I could never, yes, ever. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, one of the things that leaps to mind is just I, I talked to someone that was trading one minute of reading for one minute of screen time. And uh-huh. I was just like, what, with a spreadsheet? I mean, I'm sure they were doing something <laughs> much less complicated. I mean, that that isn't really uh, overwhelmingly exciting. I just, I just remember that moment of me going, really? Um, the other thing that I discovered that surprised me a great deal, uh, but actually in retrospect was kind of like, oh, that's actually a pretty good idea. Were were the, the people that I talked to whose kids did chores, a a number (laughs) of them, um, this was, this, that still kind of boggles my mind. So they wouldn't, like, I had this rotating chore. I have a everything when it comes to chores but at at the time I had this rotating chore wheel and we would turn it every day and depending on and because I have four kids not like seven which would be very convenient or three and a half which would also work from some sort of weekly point of view although I'm not sure how that one would do chore anyway um so we had this wheel and if it turned you know maybe you were on wash dishes or maybe you were on feed dogs or whatever and every day and then also every day there would be an argument did we turn it yesterday i fed the dog no you didn't i fed the dog you know, uh-huh. i just uh, and anyway so the people that i talked about who were like yeah my kids do chores what's the big deal which you know makes you want to slap them but um, so their kids did chores and this was more than one this was several families they did the same chore for a year. Oh my gosh. A whole year. <laughs> like this year, you'll be emptying the dishwasher. This year, you'll be, you know, cleaning the kitchen after dinner. I mean, it boggled. Wow. It boggled both the level of the chore, which in one case was do the, the I don't know if it was really the family laundry or only the child part of the family laundry, but there were more than, there was more than one kid. You know, it was do the laundry. Um, and I was just like, okay, A, our chores aren't that big at B <laughs> a year seriously how's that fair but and actually really 
after I talked to them, it made such sense. Because if your kid's supposed to empty the dishwasher for a year, they have a chance to make it a habit. They have a chance to get good at it. And I'm picking that one because that one's within my sort of yeah. wheelhouse. Whereas yeah, do the totally. laundry still overwhelms me. But <laughs> um, and, and also, if there's a day when you do it for them, it's not like then their whole day is skipped and they don't have to empty the dishwasher again for you know, it's, it's more like just a reasonable thing. So what we ended up switching to in our house, a year seemed excessive, especially since one of my kids was already you know, 15 or 16 at the point we decided. So we, we do it seasonally. So actually okay. we're about to have to change. So we change in January, we change in June and we change in September. Okay. And, and how does, how do your kids react to that? Just out of curiosity, is it? It's much better. It actually yeah. is. It, it's orders of magnitude easier. It is also unfair. Um, because we have discovered, well, it's unfair for a couple of reasons. One is that only one kid consistently pretty much does chores. One kid is the master chore avoider, uh-huh. like just astonishingly skilled and everybody knows it. And the kid is beginning to take pride in it, which is a problem. And, and then there's another that's, that's pretty deep. But, and so the one who does chores pretty much consistently without giving you a lot of trouble is also the one that has the two that like her father and I are least likely to take over be- just because it's feeding the animals and it's not uh, like it's like if you leave the house without emptying the dish well she never leaves anyway there's no li- there's no lives hanging that, in the that child is having yeah. to do the chore all the time whereas the other children's chores are, are sort of get done for them occasionally because it's easier yeah Got like it. if I'm already outside and your chore is to deal with the chickens and the mini ponies and I, it's snowing and I'm already wearing all weather gear because I'm doing something else out there, um, I'll probably do it for you because I don't want you to have to put on your, all your all weather gear. <laughs> but the inside animals are easy. So Right. So just side note, what's, what's the uh, animal to person ratio in, in your family? <laughs> uh, it's high. We have two dogs, <laughs> two cats. Two mini ponies, four chickens, and we also um, partially, I I own and help to manage a, a horse boarding and lesson barn. So the kids are stuck with, it's kind of funny because they do a lot of hard labor down there and they hay fields every year and they're kind of farm kids to some extent. And then I'm sitting here going, but they can't do laundry. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Oh, that's a, that's a unique yeah. experience. I mean, I, you're you're showing them the, you're showing them a broad spectrum. Like that's really important. Yeah, um, there are things where they they do work hard, but they're as every bit as horrible. They never put their laundry away. Never, <laughs> never. Well, unless away is the floor of their room. Yeah, or like on the chair. Yeah, I get that totally. Um, okay, so one, I, I would love like your your. So I have like three things that I want to get to, um, and I'm gonna try to like be uh, succinct because you were really good at asking my question for me before. Like I really appreciated that. Like what surprised you? I'm like, Oh yeah, that's the best way to say that. But you talk a lot about siblings in your book. And if you had to give like one or two pieces of advice for, for parents who have siblings like myself, who um, often um, don't get along like mine don't. And you just need like one or two things to keep in mind when you're dealing with that. What would those pieces be without giving too much away? Because it's in the book, right? <laughs> I read it in the book. So I, I think that's that, okay. like, that it, that's a, a helpful thing for, for parents to hear. Um, I So the sibling thing is a little 
it, it always gets challenging because there are those few people in the world who have a, a history of having a sibling that was genuinely terrible, you know, maybe genuinely physically abusive or just or mentally. And OK, that is rare and unusual. And if you think your children have that situation, you're this is a problem that is beyond this book. Um, but assuming that your children are falling into the realm of normal sibling um, rivalry and dispute. And let me just say that that is a realm that includes a fair amount of physical contact, oh, or at least in, in, in my personal experience and in talking to people <laughs> yes. that, you know, shoving and kicking and walking by and randomly whacking on the head and pushing off the back of the sofa. All of those things are within the <laughs> realm of, of normal, annoying, horrible, um, upsetting, especially when somebody's actually hurt. I mean, you know, the teeth marks we've, oh. we've, yeah. We've been through, and you definitely look at that and go, "I am the worst parent in the world because you." Get, but people just don't necessarily. You got to find the right friends because once you find people, that those experiences are pretty, pretty common. Pretty, pretty I universal, think yeah. not everybody remembers them. I actually happen to be an only child, so particularly challenged in that area. I don't have them to remember. Anyway, so the thing, the things that I recommend are. If, or the things that I learned, really, because this was a big learning thing for me, um, to try really hard not to intervene unless you are going to intervene globally, which is to say you are going to sort of punish both children for the thing that is annoying you, which is the fact that they're fighting. Right. Not <laughs> one for doing the hitting or one for doing the shoving, because you don't know. You don't know what was said. And granted, words never are an excuse for, I mean, I've, I've tried that. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Words are never an excuse for hitting. Yeah, got it. But <laughs> at least at our house, some kids use words as weapons well. Others just don't have that facility. And it's not like blood is flowing. Right. So I don't know what evil thing has been said, but I can guarantee it's been said by the time I see <laughs> the hitting. So, so basically, try not to intervene on one side or another. Um, that doesn't mean that you don't do a lot of, you know, talking to children that are, yeah, talk to the ones that use the words as weapons, and particularly if they have another one who just can't. Um, oh, God, it's so complicated. Yeah, it's super it's just complicated. So, it's just so complicated. It really is. But anyway, so don't take sides is huge. And I, I, I felt like, for me, I felt like I wasn't taking sides because I felt like I was taking sides equally on both, multiple sides, if that makes sense. Uh -huh. So I felt like I was, I felt like I was being fair because yes, I would, I would take the side of the person who was hit, but then, you know, next time I would take the side of the person who, you know, whose thing had been taken or whatever. My point is I was taking sides in a way that was e evenly distributed among the battling children. Mm -hmm. That, but you're still making it worse when you do that. Got it. Um, because oh. they're they're waiting to see which side will you take. Oh, it's so complicated. How will you fall? <laughs> how will you come down? Uh, you know, and they're getting the attention, like they're getting you, they're getting the thing that you want, and they're not having to work it out themselves. So, what I learned was that when they're little, you try to teach them to work it out by themselves when you can. Uh, and when it's not going to be too painful, you know, you sit down and you talk it through. Well, so and so you know, is upset because you said that they had a, you know, a, a big patootie and, <laughs> and that 
is, is hurtful, but you say that before you said that, they were poking you, you know, in the nose. <laughs> Whatever. I can't even, it's, it gets so ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, so-and-so would not would like you to not lick them. Um, <laughs> I've had that conversation. Uh-huh. So, and, you know, and let's, how would you feel? And you, you wouldn't. Um, you wouldn't want that. So what can we do differently next time? And, and what should we do to feel better? I mean, there's some great books out there. Um, uh, um, Siblings Without Rivalry is a personal favorite. And um, Mom Jason's Breathing on Me is another one. They have really specific things that you can say when you're in the process of trying to teach the kids to work it out themselves. Yeah. The key is then to leave them to work it out for themselves. Mm. Oh. And then my other thing that I really think is important is also to give them chances to do things that are fun together without you. Huh. Even if they don't necessarily think it would be fun to go do that together or and to give them jobs to do together without you. It, you know, so send them off in the grocery store to with a list together. Um, our grocery store is small. I have had times when I could hear them throughout the whole, <laughs> the whole yeah. store. You mean uh, the, the yeah. whole state? Yeah, I have had uh, that time too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, send them, a, send them, if you're at the airport and they are, are big enough to be sent, you know, with, with $5 for a candy bar each, um, send them to do that. To have one, an older child, take the younger child to the bathroom. Have them, you know, do, just, just give them chances to sort of get away from you and interact. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, I think that's, that's great. That's key. Yeah. For me, so it's, so, it's a chance to have a pleasant experience or or a bad experience, but you know, one where you sort of aren't in a position to change it or fix it, and they really have to work it out. Right. Um. So, but so the, uh, let's. So I want to like expand on that a little bit. Um, and put it into a different like like take those principles and put it into a different context. And this is a part where I personally need help. Um, and you talk about this a lot in the book. So, uh, you know, again, like there, there's lots of information for, for people to find and, and that we're not going to get to. But I want to <laughs> share my personal experience and, and put myself out there a little bit and, and hope that you have a couple guiding words for, for me. So I used to and I'm sure you've heard this and there's a big chunk of this, but I used to love weekends. I used to love weekends and I used to love school vacations and I used to love going on trips but now it is, if not the worst, like pretty close to the worst. Like on Monday morning when everyone's off to school and, and I'm, you know, doing my thing and my wife's at work, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm like finally, I feel like I, I am myself. Um, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one who, who like is just so challenged by these times, but it would be so great to to be happier in these moments, right? It would be so great. Like Thanksgiving, oh, my family was together for a week. Oh, but but KJ, ask me how Thanksgiving was. I I can tell. You can tell. (laughs) You know how it was. So like, what is some... Without giving it away, right? Because we don't want to give it away. But like, what would be some we can like? Give, we can give it away because we couldn't okay. possibly, right? And yeah. also, you have to. You can hear it forty six times and read it forty six times, and you still need it again. Or at least that's how I am. Yeah. How old are your kids? Uh, they are nine, seven, and five. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> well, and honestly, I mean, we. Let me just tell you, we took, we took our children, and obviously, I mean, there are four of them, and this was huge. This was basically, this was a Christmas present. This was this enormous thing that we did, and we were so, I was so excited about it. We went to Boston and saw Hamilton. 
Okay. My nice. kids are 12, 13, 14, and 17. So certainly old enough to appreciate this, right? And everything. Yeah. And I was supposed to be this wonderful, I haven't told anybody this, um, <laughs> it's supposed to be this wonderful experience. And the show was super, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. So two of my children are sitting next to each other. And I mean, you know, we're at this gorgeous theater and everyone is dressed up and everyone around us is, has gone all out for this amazing experience. And one of my children puts their legs on the other children. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep my gender neutral. So my, my sure. grammar is going to go all the heck sure, here. But that's okay. you know, this that's child, okay. this child, something has happened. Oh, the person in front of them has upset them because they flipped their, their hair. I'm kind of giving some gender away okay. onto the person in front of them, which is bad enough to begin with. Oh. Right. And the person said something. And now that they're upset with the person, so they feel that their legs can't be anywhere near that person. So they're spreading their, their man spreading <laughs> and touching a child on the other, on, uh. on the side. And that child on the, that doesn't want to be touched. And I mean, I don't tell you how old these children are. They're 12, 13, yeah. 14, and 17. <laughs> The child does not want to be so that child. And so the, the the thing has started and the lights have gone down and I can feel these two children next to me and they're poking at uh -huh. each other. <laughs> and then one of them is leaning over and whispering at me because the other one is touching me. Like the people around us. Get, oh, and I don't know. So we get through the play and, and they stop for large chunks of the play. And, you know, the, the fact that one of them had to pee in the middle of the dramatic scene in which Hamilton is assassinated at the end. And that's not a spoiler because, you know, it's yeah, history. It's history. Um, right? exactly. uh, we'll, we'll just put that aside. But anyway, we left and we shoved each other through, you know, because you go out and it's very slow because yeah. there's all kinds of people walking slowly and we pushed at each other and we stepped on the backs of each other's heels and we got to the car and I burst into tears. Uh, I cry, I cry, I just, I just couldn't. And, and, and we talked about it and we talked about how awful it was. And honestly, things have, I, we've had some really good experiences since. since I, I guess one thing I'm saying is sometimes you need to both have a really terrible time and then let them see how upset how upsetting it was for you how bad it was for you like just you know let them let them see it like mm -hmm. I, I you know i look forward to mondays because you're not here i mean they don't want to hear that <laughs> no, right. um and it's it's a hurtful thing to say but at least with my kids they were old enough to to hear this um and so sometimes letting them see I, they kind of get what I have found is that they get to a point where they're old enough to stop doing certain behaviors, but they don't stop because they're, they've become patterns. Oh, interesting. Right? They've become ingrained. So this is how they interact. So you need to break that somehow. Um, and and to to get them to see, to, to choose to do things differently is, I don't know, that's, that's a big part of it when it comes yeah. When it comes to siblings and trying to get them just, yeah, you just need to, them to see how horrible they're being. And then and then you'll have to do that again and again and again and again, because I'm not kidding myself that this was the last time that someone will touch someone else. And geez, how old are they again? This, my <laughs> mind boggles that I am still it's so depressing for you that I'm still going through this. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> it's, but it, it's, it's reassuring in a weird way. Right. It's like. Even like the people who know who know the tricks, like it's it's just the nature of kids, right? It's just the yeah, way that it, it is. It, and it, 
justice. And I don't know, Thanksgiving is like what, you know, four days of basically all family togetherness because all their friends are all having togetherness with their families at other places. And, you know, the weather is often sucky and you're all in the house. And I, I, I mean, the council of perfection which I can't achieve is to sort of have part of the day when you're doing something together and then just sort of send everyone to different bits of the house and, and wish them luck playing Fortnite, which is probably what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, try to lay on the couch with a book, which I've gotten to a point when I, where I mostly can, but my kids are older. They're they're Yeah. It's not so bad. I don't, I'm, it doesn't, I guess the hopeful answer is that I don't mind having mine home for the weekend well that's good that's massive Um, yeah so so it does change and i do partly look forward to vacations but that is because of the triumph of hope over experience because experience (laughs) tells me that large chunks of them will be like i just described when we went to see hamilton but hope (laughs) tells me that some bits of them will be um better than that uh, so I, i'm not I, i'm not laughing at, at your situation <laughs> you I'm, laugh at me. I'm laughing at just like just so good to know that other people are going through this too you know it's 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 a very reassuring thing so i think the last point i'd like to to touch on which you you know you brought up Fortnite. um i'm not necessarily Fortnite itself but i think that one of the biggest things that that you know our generation of parents is like the great unknown is screen time and what yep. it's going to do and and how do we manage so hard. it? It's so hard. And, you know, I think about it like, um, you know, this there's a precedent for like these kinds of technology things happening, right? Like it used to be the, the, the newspaper and then it was the radio and then it was the TV. But now we're in this like whole different era. So if you had some advice for parents who are freaked out by screen time and how much mm-hmm. is too much or how much is you know, going to fry my kid's brain irreparably, which hopefully won't happen. But I would love to get your take on that real quick, because I think parents well, really need this guidance. There is precedence. But, you know, no matter what I say, I'm not going to convince anyone that um that screens aren't going to do any more damage than I mean, there was a time when reading was considered. Yeah. You know, like the the devil's tool, and no one will memorize anything anymore because now they all the information can be there in books, and that's just wrong. And what are you doing that that there book, boy? <laughs> when you could be, you know, you're doing something. You're wasting your time with them words. Um, but I'm not going to convince anyone that screens fall into that category. I'll, and I don't know that they do. So the thing about screens is that no one knows. Absolutely no one knows. The American Academy of Pediatrics does not th- not know. That most recent study, whatever the heck it is, and I don't even know because, you know, whenever you listen to this, there'll have been a recent study. They're not going to know. There, no one, no one knows. And there will be no double blind studies in which one child grows up able to play Fortnite as much as they want to and another child grows up with no Fortnite. And other than that, they are exactly the same child. So we get to see which one. To, yeah, that's yeah. never, it's never going to happen. This is not something that can be studied. What it is is reality. Um, We have these screens. We have this world. We have these great engrossing games. We have these amazing ways to communicate and connect with each other. We have these amazing things that we can look at when we don't want to communicate and connect with each other. (laughs) And all of that is weird and and crazy and hard. And, And we as adults are struggling massively to figure out how to fit these into our own lives. So of course we're upset and worried about how our kids are going to fit them into their lives. But so if your kids are little, mm-hmm. 
you should you should be in control of it basically you should be deciding when they do what they do and how you you know how you make that decision for your family it totally varies depends on who your kid is who your family is what you want but the real point is that if their whining is affecting how much whatever how much of whatever it is they want to do that they're getting to do mm. then you need to grab it back because you should be in charge um you'll be happier they'll be happier everything will be better that that's when they're little. And once they get a little bit bigger and can control their own devices, and that happens at different ages for every family, you got to remember that the goal is not kids who will obey your screen time rules. The goal is to raise kids who will turn into thoughtful teenagers and adults who are concerned with and trying to figure out their own ways of interacting with these screens. Because really, you said this is our generation's problem. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's their generation's problem. Oh, they're going to have to figure, you know, they're the ones yeah. that have grown up with this. They're going to have to figure out how it fits. How does it fit into a work life? How does it fit into a college life? How does it fit into a school life? We can't control those things for them. Um, so what you want is to raise a kid. The, the hopeful thing is that this is a national conversation that our teenagers and our younger kids are super aware of. They're talking about this at school. They're talking about it with their pediatricians. They're reading about it in books. They're seeing... Um, it you know it comes up in movies it comes up it comes up everywhere this sort of well what are you doing with the phone and put the phone it, like this is it's big it's not just your family it's a big yeah it's a big thing and and we're all talking about it and and you know for every time that some parent says well i just saw four teenagers all sitting around the table and they were all on their phones they were probably just texting with each other i'm like well you know and and there's four teenagers teenagers at the next table that all put their phones in the middle of the table and said whoever picks their phone up first loses or those four teenagers are playing this crazy game called psych where you kind of you're supposed to make up a lie and the, what they're doing on the phone is actually interact like that's another possibility uh -huh. Um, you know, or they're all racing to see who can figure out, you know, what that song was first or, you know, it's part of their conversation. It's not anyway, it's just, I, I don't feel at all, um, apocalyptic oh, good. about <laughs> the screens. Yeah. I don't think this is not the end of conversation. It's not the end of connection. It's just, you know, it's just another change and another evolution in the way that, um, people interact with each other in the world and it's going to be okay. And a lot of it is super fun. So, um, while you're talking to your kids about how much time they're spending and how much time you're spending and how Instagram can give you fear of missing out and the different ways that, you know, if you're on Facebook a lot, you can, you know, that can affect your, you can feel unhappy because you're not really connecting, you're only fake connecting and everyone else looks like they're having more fun. So while you're having those conversations, and we should have those, watch some cat videos. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. One of two, like screaming Freds that's the iPhone, they're like, it's like an iPhone app and they're yeah. screaming at each other and yeah. it's... It's like my voice will be higher than yours and it's really, really funny. Like do some fun stuff together because <laughs> It's, it's it's actually also really wonderful. So, um, you know, we don't need to demonize it. You do yeah. stuff with, together, even as we're also trying to figure out how it fits into our lives. Yeah, I mean, I think I love that. I love that take because oftentimes what you really need is like a cat video or like a, yes, la yeah. a laughing baby video. <laughs> like laughing baby videos are the best. So, yes. so KJ, I got to ask, since you've written this book, you know, you literally wrote the book. Are you... 
you're sticking to it. You're a happier parent because that's I that means the happier world. Parent. Yeah. And I'm not a naturally. People have also people will say, "Well, you're probably a naturally happy person." And the answer to that is no, <laughs> no. You know, call my parents. I'm a naturally whiny person, is what I am, and um, I get easily overwhelmed. And and if I'm with, I, I took, I took my two most, uh, I took two of my kids to uh, a hockey thing, an overnight over the the last weekend. And by the time I sort of staggered back after lots and lots and lots of togetherness plus lots and lots and lots of driving plus it was raining and i just it was just miserable and i just kind of came back and was like i'm done with all of you people (laughs) (laughs) but recognizing that and just going and being like then and now i need to be done and everybody needs to give me some space and of course once you you know you do that and your kids are like they're mad at she's mad at us we have to go Make it up to her. Let's go sit on her lap. And it's like, no. <laughs> That's not the point. But yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm I am definitely happier. I'm more thoughtful about how much I can control my own reaction to situations. I'm also more protective of the things I need to make me happier, which in a case like that was um, you know, I needed I needed the meals and the radio and things like that to be on my terms on that yeah. trip. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, I need to get my sleep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, and if and sometimes you just, I don't know, sometimes like, <clears throat> excuse me, I told you my morning was really chaotic and, yeah. and one of the kids was late for school and like I knew in advance that was going to happen. I just didn't worry about it. There yeah. was nothing I could do and, and that's huge. Like I didn't. I didn't get mad at that kid for the for the extent that that was partly that kid's fault because it's I'm not going to pay for that. The kids at school and they're late and the school will everyone, deal with that. Right, exactly. Right? It's not everyone, my everyone will. You know, deal I didn't have it. to yeah. get upset. Yeah. Wow. That's that's yeah. So amazing, and I'm so happy. I roll with that. a lot better. <laughs> yeah. And that's key, right? It's like, that's, it that's the key to be able to roll with it. Well, so, so, I mean, we should say, I should say that like, in addition to all the stuff that you've done in the past and, and this amazing book that you have now, you're also a podcast host yourself. So if we wanted to hear more, but, but it's in a different slant, it's not in like the parenting. Not and, at all. No, right, my podcast so, is about writing. So any writers out there, check out hashtag and writing with Jess and KJ. Um, it's all about the business and of being a writer and getting your butt in the chair and getting the job done. <laughs> nice. Very good. Um, so how can we find you and follow you? You know, is it, it social media website, et cetera? KJDelantonia.com. Um, you can sign up for, I send a, a sporadic email that is mostly about parenting um, and, ha- and family happiness. <laughs> and you can find that at, well, at KJDelantonia.com, but you can also find it at followKJ.com, which is nice and easy. Oh, that is easy. Um, yeah, and I'm on, I'm on Twitter at KJ Delantonia, but I don't do. I mean, I send out a lot of parenting articles, so uh-huh. if you like to follow that, you'll find that there. And yeah, I'm trying to, I'm kind of giving social media a miss at the moment. Okay, so. okay, that's that's an important an important yeah. thing in terms you of being. Find uh, me, I'll yeah. be back. You know, it's like probably tomorrow. Who knows? <laughs> uh, well, KJ, I can't thank you enough for the time. This was so awesome, and I loved hearing all about the book and and what you learned from it and thank you for sharing it with the world we need it thank you all right take care okay you too thank you so much to kj for taking the time to talk to me i learned something did you learn something i bet you did parents i'm a hundred percent positive that you got something 
a new strategy, a new thought, a new idea to be a happier parent from that conversation with KJ. That's what this is all about, bringing good stuff to kids and families. And I can't think of anything better than having some happiness. Happiness is a good thing. Happiness and joy. What do you think? Yeah? I like it. Okay. Talk to you very, very soon. Episode 200 coming next week. Happy Memorial Day, by the way. Good stuff.